Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. All hit radio. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome one and all to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And uh, for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel, which is exclusive to Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. Explanation, my guest this hour is Jeff Woolwine, and Jeff is one of the premier videographer, skywatcher, and UFO hunters in the United States. He was the first person to prove that uh, the Hohokam Indians carved UFO sightings hundreds of years ago on the mountains around the Valley of Phoenix, Arizona. His videos and uh, research has captivated the UFO world, and change the way to understand UFOs through the rock art and his UFO sightings and investigations. Joining me now from the beautiful state of Arizona is Jeff Wolbein. And Jeff, welcome back to the Exxon. Nice having you with us again. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Rob. I, I appreciate it. Hey, Jeff. What's great being here today. Oh, it's great having you with us, buddy. Before we start talking about uh, UFOs and the great work that you've done over the years, how has COVID and the... Uh, the pandemic affected UFO researchers uh, to the best of your ability? I have noticed uh, 
the decrease yeah. in UFOs uh, over the last year or so, um, ever since this pandemic did take place, um, at least in my area mm-hmm. anyway, uh, it really cut down. Uh, but I did notice, uh, starting back in January of 2021, uh, they started coming back. So did this have anything to do with the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. That's a good question. Um, was it because there were less sky watchers out, uh, looking for these, uh, UFOs, uh, because of the pandemic? It's very possible. But uh, as far as, you know, the sightings here in Arizona, it did cut down quite a bit. So where has been the the most recent hub of UFO sightings in the United States that you're aware of, Jeff? Uh, Well, there was one five days ago out here in in Arizona. Um, The lights Mm -hmm. are back. These Phoenix lights are back. They are. Um, They continue to show up. Oh, yeah. I mean, March 13th, 97, I mean, that's. I mean, there were sightings prior to that. Uh, only that night, uh, March 13th, I got noticed. Uh, but, yeah, there's plenty of sightings that are going on in, in the Phoenix uh, area. And we just had some uh, about three, four days ago, right? And, uh, yeah, so they're still here. Jeff, what got you interested and started in ufology? Oh, my God. You know, I've been, I'm a native of Phoenix, Arizona. I was born and raised. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even as a kid, I was seeing these, these uh, orbs in the sky, uh, you know, playing catch football outside my front yard with my dad, you know, there'd be an orb in the sky, or, right. or we'd see a light, you know, over a, a, a park. Huh. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go to school the next day, and, and I'd be telling my, my friends, you know, I was in the fifth grade at the time, hey, did you see that light last night? And I uh, just happened to be a, you know, Native American boy, and and he's like, oh, yeah, my grandfather says that they live in the mountains. And he points west uh, towards uh, the White Take Mountains in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, at the time, he's just like, oh, wow, well, cool, that's, that's pretty neat. And then you kind of blow it off. But, uh, you know, when you're growing mm-hmm. up as an adult and you're starting to do, to do more research on these uh, UFOs, you really do find out that, yeah, mountains are the source. Jeff, um in your opinion, what has been the most significant UFO sighting in recent history? Well, you know, everyone talks about the, the famous case, March 13, 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, I mean, the, what, we have really have to look at, at the facts here, at the evidence of, of what we have today. Uh, you know, these lights just appeared on the west side. Uh, of South Mountain uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though a reported craft uh, went over the Valley of the Sun, uh, we just don't have any evidence of this. So we must go on what we can prove and wh- what the evidence lies at, uh, which these lights uh, did not move over the city. They were clearly on the west side of South Mountain. And they continue. They continue to be there to this day. Really? That and also the east side, right? Mm-hmm. In 2004, uh, I made the news uh, and did a, a many cable shows. I actually did the pilot for the UFO Hunter show in 2005, but it was in 2004 when I was watching these Phoenix lights uh, on the east side of South Mountain in Phoenix, Arizona. So, yeah, they're always here. And uh, my research, I, I discovered what seasons, they, they, they follow the sun, they follow the seasons. This huh. is how you can track these UFOs, these Phoenix lights. 
In your opinion, Jeff, what are the Phoenix Lights? Oh, my God. You know, going into this, I'm thinking technology. You know, I'm thinking nuts and bolts. I'm mm-hmm. thinking spaceships and, and little green green guys or gray guys, <laughs> you know. And and actually studying what was going on here, you know, and investigating the, the petroglyphs on the mountains uh, around the Valley of the Sun and, and seeing the lights firsthand uh, on, a, on, a, on a nightly basis and, mm-hmm. and then moving towards uh, South Mountain later in 2005, uh, watching these things in the daytime, uh, it was clearly, it was clearly that these, is, these things are not technology. They're not nuts and bolts. They're not spacecrafts at all. Uh, these things are, are alive. They're living creatures. They're living light orbs, if you will. Uh, they're living beings. Uh, you know, this is what the petroglyphs describe uh, out here on the mountains around uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it's, it's the whole comms uh, UFO sightings, if you will. Uh, they didn't have uh, video cameras back then. They had stone boulders. And yes, they're talking about these mm-hmm. Phoenix lights. So these Phoenix lights and all the UFOs that are hanging around this, this, uh, this valley uh, is part of history. This is our history. This, is, this has been going on for over a thousand years uh, 1997. I mean, it, that's that's ancient. You know, that that's nothing compared of what's you know has prior to go on. Uh, what the history talks about with the Phoenix Lights and, and continue to uh, go on to this day. So now, now, Jeff, why why are these daytime sightings of the Phoenix Lights not being picked up and, and talked about by every media source out there? I think a lot of people just don't know that they're there. Um, a lot of people aren't looking for them. Um, you know, the, even even the lights when I was when I was videotaping the lights in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are stealthy. Okay, they know who's watching them. They know who's not watching them, and uh, they just magically like appear in the sky. Uh, they don't cast any shadows. They don't make any noise. I mean, unless you're really looking for them, you know, you won't see them. You have to be looking for them. So anybody driving the car or doing their everyday shopping in their shopping center or things like that won't see them because they're not looking up. You know, they're not noticing these things. And uh, you know, I I don't think that they uh they that they show up on the uh, Sky Harbor Airport radar either. I think they're very stealthy, and uh, they 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 move very slowly. Really, they're very slowly when they move. Right, you know, because I was filming these lights. And uh, it doesn't look like they're moving, but later on when you speed up the film, yeah, they're moving. And where are they going? They're going to a major energy spot uh, on the east side of South Mountain. There, there's a power plant that's bored down into the fault line. The fault line of South Mountain is the heart of what's going on here. These things are attracted to the energy that, that the fault lines uh, create. And so in the summer of 2004, this power plant, this electrical power plant was activated, and it was attracting these Phoenix lights to this spot. And uh, so these lights would appear, you know, about a uh, half a mile away from the power plant and move. They're moving so slowly. And once they got over that power plant, they disappear. And then two more would appear in the sky. And then they would, they would move slowly towards that power plant. So, yeah, it, it has everything to do with energy. Hmm. What does the native folklore uh, talk about the these lights? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And, and, you know, looking into the history of Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. you know, understanding what's really going on here, you know, I, 
hiking South Mountain for many, many years and, and finding so many petroglyphs and, and so many things that, you know, I'm sorry, the archaeologist today just is not talking about it. For a year, I'm thinking, why? You know, yeah. I, I'm an amateur archaeologist, and I can spot something that's man-made, you know, a mile away, you know, and here I'm finding altars on South Mountain. I, I'm finding... Um, evidence of, of the Mayans being here in South Mountain. I'm finding tombs on South Mountain, but yet the archaeologist isn't talking about this stuff. You know, I'm finding depictions of giants here uh, in the mountains of the Valley of the Sun, you know, but uh, the archaeologist isn't talking about anything. So for a year, I'm trying to figure out what is going on here. I'm looking at all the evidence, you know, in front of me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I ended up going to the downtown Phoenix library to, to try to get some answers. And I went up on the fourth floor to the Arizona room. And uh, this is where all the government files are and, and the files from uh, the history of Arizona and things like that is, is, uh, is kept. And so I asked them, you know, give me a file on South Mountain. You know, just give me everything you have on South Mountain. Well, she comes out with a big folder and lo and behold, I open up that folder, and lo and behold, what do I see? I see paperwork from the first park ranger uh, of Phoenix, Arizona, back in the 1930s. His name was Charles Holbrook. And, oh, my God, he's talking about the Holcom Indians. He's talking about uh, the, how the Mayans were here along with the Holcom Indians. Uh, he's talking about the, the, the gold that's buried on wow. South Mountain. And, he, and he's talking about the spirits of the earth and sky. Uh, A.K.A. UFOs to us. Mm -hmm. You know, he's talking about the true history of Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, you know, for he was park ranger from the early uh, 30s to the late 40s up until his death. And uh, the Native Americans they told Charles, you know, how you know uh, the Holocoms arrived here and and how the Mayans were here, and and even in his writings and his journals. Uh, he talks about the sacrifice that went on for these spirits, a.k.a. the phoenix lights of the earth and sky, uh, and, and, and what happened to the Holocombs. Uh, because the Holocom is a Pima name. The Pima uh, Indians considered themselves ancestors to the Holocom, uh, along with the Toota Odom tribe. And they say when, when the Holocombs first arrived here in the Valley of the Sun, they didn't know how to live here. So these beings came down from the sky, they came up out of the sand world, and they taught the Holocombs how to survive and how to live. And in return, they performed sacrifice to their, a.k.a. gods, if you will, to mm -hmm. these phoenix lights, to these things that we see in the skies today, and they treated them as gods. And All right, this Jeff. went on for a thousand I'm sorry to cut you off, Jeff. We've got to take our break here. Please stand by, my friend. Exonation. Jeff Woolwine is our special guest this hour. Check him out on Facebook at Jeff Woolwine Petroglyphs in the Sky. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And this is a place where people dare to believe, dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network. And for the Exxon TV channel, visit us exclusively on simultv.com. We'll be back after this break. Don't go away.
And welcome back, everyone. Jeff Woolwine is our special guest. Uh, for uh, is, Your Facebook page is uh, just uh, Petroglyphs in the Sky, Jeff? Yeah, Jeff Woolwine, Petroglyphs in the Sky, right. Okay, great. Uh, how did you discover the Petroglyphs? Oh, oh my gosh. So, you know, uh, in, in 2004, mm-hmm. um, that's when I really started my investigations. And um, so there just so happened to be, uh, I saw a news, um, a news broadcast of, of some lights on the west side uh, of Phoenix again uh, in 2004. So I knew the lights were back. And uh, there was a guy named Tom King who has been filming the lights uh, in Mesa on the east side uh, of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and so I knew the lights were back. And uh, so now was the time to go out there and, and hunt them down. And uh, it just so happens that uh, I saw a, a public access channel here and a Native American uh, medicine man uh, who works at the Pueblo Indian Art Museum in downtown Phoenix uh, was doing a tour up on South Mountain talking about the petroglyphs. And uh, the thing that really hit home with me uh, on his tour, I was watching his tour on TV, and, and uh, one of the guys that was there says, hey, uh, this stick figure man looks like he's looking up at something above his head. And Dave Morris, that's, that, that's the Native American uh, tour guide, Dave Morris turned around and said, yes. He goes, that is some of the interpretations out here, is that our ancestors saw and recorded you know, things uh, to remember on the rocks out here. And, oh, my God, you know, it was like it was like the 4th of July. A light bulb went on in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. We have strange lights in the sky. Now we have strange markings out here on the mountains out here. There has to be a connection. And uh, so in, in 2005, after I, after I was filming the lights on the east side and then, and then you know, the end result on the news, because I made, I made several news uh, interviews at that time, and and you know we're they're they're telling us we're seeing flares, and I'm like, man, you're crazy. These no. things are in the valley. They're not, you know, they're not 150 miles away in Tucson. You know, these things are here. They're not flares, and uh, you know that was that's the cover up here. Is everyone seeing flares when the Phoenix lights are back? And that's just impossible. And uh, so, you know, in my studies, I, I knew my investigations throughout the years prior to this, you know, I'm studying up on UFOs, you know, and the only thing that was, that was really making sense uh, that these things like mountains. So these lights on the east side of, of Mesa, uh, on the east side of, of South Mountain, uh, was by the mountains. So let's move to the mountain, right? You know, see if we can get some day shots, right? And uh, so I did in 2005, and so I'm climbing the mountains out there, and I'm seeing the petroglyphs, and then... You know, I remember Dave, and I contacted Dave, and I said, hey, you know what? I saw you on, on Channel 8 uh, a few months ago, and I go, you're talking about the petroglyphs. You know, I, I'm kind of doing a uh, documentary on the petroglyphs. Could you go up there and, and teach me, you know, what these petroglyphs mean? And uh, he, he, you know, was obliged to do it, he, he, and we met up there on South Mountain. We spent about three hours up on the mountain, and he taught me, uh, the true uh, meanings of, of the petroglyphs. Now, when he was talking about these spirals, you know, he was telling me that these spirals uh, are doorways uh, for the spirits, and he was telling me that the, the spirals normally end down uh, on a crack of the boulder there, and he was explaining that that crack is the doorway to the underworld. 
And, you know, at that time, I'm still kind of thinking spaceships, technology, and I'm like, dude, how, I didn't tell him really what I was doing, but I was thinking to myself, you know, how can a, a spaceship or a craft, you know, get into a crack of the boulder right there, you know? Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center, or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center, or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. And uh, he was telling me that the spirals, uh, uh, go when they're going clockwise, it's a doorway in, and when they're going counterclockwise, it's a doorway out. And at the spirals and up, then there's a vortex uh, in the sky. And that was making total sense to me, you know, because I witnessed, you know, the, uh, the months before, I witnessed these lights just, you know, seem to be coming through a vortex door. They're coming, they're just magically appearing in the sky that way. You know, there has to be a vortex door there. So it was all making sense. And, uh, you know, he taught me about the giants, how the giants were there. And then he was talking about the the lizard people uh, who came up out of the sand world and all these crazy things. And, uh, you know, it really didn't start to dawn on me until I actually started watching what was going on. I mean, I moved... Uh, to South Mountain. I, I lived there for about three and a half years on the east side of South Mountain. And I watched these things come and fall out of the sky and like these black orbs and, and these red orbs and just crazy things coming out of the sky and, and actually ascending down on the mountain there. I'm videotaping these things. I'm watching them come out of the sky and seem to land out on the mountain. And uh, I go out there, and what do I find? I go to the exact same spot where this thing went down at, and I'm looking for a crop circle, looking for some kind of evidence, you know, mm-hmm. that there was a spaceship that landed out there. But no, what do I find? I see boulder. I see a big boulder uh, with spirals carved on it and a stick figure, man, looking up at the exact same thing that I filmed the day before. And these things not only are landed on South Mountain, but they're also leaving South Mountain also. They're coming and going uh, from the mountain there. So it really started to dawn on me after I'm watching these things constantly on a daily basis. And, and they know I'm watching them, you know, because they want me to see them. This is the, the interpretation I'm getting because they're coming right up, you know, to my window. I'm on a second-story apartment window 
overlooking the mountain there. I'm about, I'm about a mile away, and these things are leaving the mountain, and they're coming right over my apartment, right over my kitchen window there where I'm filming these things at. So, yeah, they know who, who's watching them. They know I'm there to watch them, and they're putting on a spectacular show for me, and I'm filming these things. Oh, my God, I have so many UFO sightings. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the more and more I watch these things, they're shape-shifting, they're changing shapes, they're changing colors, they're, and I'm, I'm learning to look, wait a minute, this is not technology, these things are alive. You know, this is some kind of creature here, you know. And I would go back to the doorway, and, and you know, he's telling me that they're going down into the underworld. Well, more studies on South Mountain on how the mountain was created. It was made by a volcano, and then there's the fall line under the volcano, uh, you know, and, and, and it's the energy, you know. So uh, to the Native Americans, they're going down into the underworld. But on a scientific level, when we look at scientifically, they're going down into the fault line there uh, to absorb the energy. And, uh, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, this is a major discovery. Not only did I prove, you know, that because I'm matching, I'm matching these UFO sightings. I got crooked snakes in the sky. Now I have crooked snake petroglyphs, you know, rock carvings on the mountains out there, you know. This is the reason why I call my research petroglyphs in the sky. Is it spaceships in the sky? Is it crafts in the sky? No, it's petroglyphs in the sky because that's what we're seeing in the skies. We can match. We see these things in the skies today, and then we can go out on the mountains and we can look at the prehistoric photographs of what the Holocom saw exactly what we're seeing in the skies today. And uh, it, it was just incredible. It was very. It was uh, a major discovery. I don't think anybody has ever uh, proved that the Native Americans were seeing uh uh, UFOs at that time, you know, it's, it's always been a theory. Oh, we think the Native Americans, you know, were seeing UFOs and carved them on the rocks. But nobody actually took the time to stake out uh, this mountain for many, many years, as I have done, and actually, you know, prove this. And, and yes, you know, we are talking about uh, what the Mayans call Quetzalcoatl. Uh, I have seen this flying serpent many times over the South Mountain, uh, there's tons of petroglyphs depicting uh, the flying snakes, the flying serpents, uh, and, and other uh, creatures, if you will. I mean, it's talking about the Phoenix Lights. Uh, in, my, in my book, I show the, the front cover of my book, I show the 1997 Phoenix Light spread uh, that was carved over a thousand years ago. I mean, the Holocombs, they saw the exact same things that we're seeing in the skies today. And, uh, you know, it's just a, an amazing discovery. And, uh, you know, once that happened, once I proved this, I took all this stuff to the news, you know, as soon as I proved all this, and they just ate it up. You know, it's a new theory on the Phoenix lights. You know, no one has ever, you know, matched the UFOs in the skies of Phoenix to the, the rock art around the Valley of the Sun before. You know, this is major news. And uh, so, you know, I ended up doing a few cable shows. I did the pilot for the UFO Hunter show, and then later in 2007, uh, I did the, the, the show on, on the History Channel. Uh, Ancient Aliens was, was just a, a theory back then. It wasn't even a TV show yet, and, and I really think that had a lot of influence in that uh, show. Uh, because of my work, I wrote an article for UFO Magazine. I mean, I, it was things were going crazy back in 2005, and a lot of information was getting out on what's really here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. telling, I'm telling some of these people, look, 
sure, crafts are are possible. Why not? I, I'm not saying that they they don't exist. I mean, the scientists have found seven Earth-like planets, you know, and what's to say there's some kind of maybe there's some kind of intelligent life form there who has made a spaceship and who has visited Earth before? Sure, why not? I get it. Uh, I just don't see any evidence of this. I don't see any proof of this. Uh, what I do see evidence and what we can verify uh, is what's carved on the rocks out here. We're not only carved on the rocks, but also some of these uh, some of these uh, old scrolls, uh, as far as the Anunnaki and and the Mayans and uh, uh, things like that. You know, when they talk about you know their sightings in the sky, they talk about these sky spirits, uh, the Quetzalcoatl, the flying serpent. Uh, they talk about these other strange things in the skies, you know. And then we can go out. It's neat because we can read the biblical text on these some of these things, and then we can go out there and see uh, the photographs, uh, the prehistoric photographs uh, of the exact same thing that, that, that was written on the text. Uh, so, yeah, this is what makes this whole information credible because um, we're seeing it in the skies today. We're seeing the flying things. Yeah. We're seeing the orbs. And and now we're seeing the carvings uh, on the rocks out here, the prehistoric photographs mm-hmm. of what the Indians saw. Have you been in uh, touch so, with Have you been in touch with Jose Escamilla and talked to him about his Roswell rods? Um, you know, I uh, I know who he is. Yeah. And uh, and believe it or not, there are rods carved out here on South Mountain. Really? Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, some of the information I've, I dug up on mm-hmm. on the rods carved out there. Uh, as far as I got, uh, the Native Americans were able to uh, catch these things and use them for healing purposes. Wow! Uh, and that's about as far as uh, about as far as I got with that with that information. So, is it possible the UFOs that people are seeing could also be these these um, life forms that that you've right? Yeah, right. Uh, I think so. I really, I really, truly believe this. Um, you know, because uh, of, you know, especially like Hollywood and, and, and things like that, you know, and and to us, we understand technology. We understand nuts and bolts. You know, yeah. we can comprehend this. We, we know, you know, so we call them crafts. We see mm-hmm. a light out there, and we automatically assume that that's a spaceship, right? Right. But what if that light is the beam? Okay, let's take a second look at this. What if it's not a spaceship? But the light is the being itself. I mean, look at the firefly. Look exactly. at the lightning bug, right? Exactly. He yeah. lights up. He, All right. he lights up, man. He was created that way. Okay, Jeff. Well, I think the same things of these uh, beings in the sky, especially because, you know, energy sources, uh, whether it's man-made energy such as nuclear facilities yeah. or if it's volcanoes or fault lines, you know, they they hover around these energy spots, and and if you got a belly full of energy, hey, man, Jeff, you're gonna glow. Jeff, <laughs> you're Jeff. gonna light up, my hey, friend. Hey, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, I've got to take my news break. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, Jeff Woolwine, and I will return on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues right here from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and on Simul TV. We'll be back. Don't go away.
Fullwine is our guest, XO Nation. WW, uh, just check him out on Facebook. That's the best place to find out more about Jeff. And on Facebook, Jeff Woolwine, Petroglyphs in the Sky. Uh, what do other UFO researchers say about the findings that you've come up with uh, when it comes to the Phoenix Lights? You know, when I was doing the uh, the History Channel, um, when I was doing uh, the UFO Hunter yeah. show, I took them out there on the White Tank Mountains. I, I, I saw, I mean, it's a pretty much, it's the same story, uh, same Holocom Indians, uh, same, you know, petroglyphs. Uh, the White Tank Mountains on the uh, west side of the valley. Uh, just better scenery, I thought, for television, you know, and, and there's a lot more petroglyphs there, you know. So it was really great uh, to have a TV show uh, filmed out there. And as we're walking, you know, because I'm telling them, I even found, you know, you can find this on my website. Uh, my website you can find on my YouTube page uh, on the comments below uh, of my uh, videos, uh, my YouTube videos. Uh, the Phoenix Lights, Petroglyphs from the Sky, uh, is my new YouTube channel. Uh, I can't get into my other YouTube channel, so just don't even worry about that. It's a new one, uh, Petroglyphs from the uh, Phoenix Lights, Petroglyphs from the Sky. So you can find my website there. And you know, it, um, Charles Holberg, back to the Holberg, the first park ranger. I mean, he wrote a whole like uh, stories on what the Indians told him you know, about how the mines were here and the gold was here and what happened to the Holocom Indians, you know, because the Holocom is, is a Pima name for the people who are gone, the people who are missing, because we don't know what happened to these people. You know, the archaeologist wants us to believe, well, they simply disappeared because of drought. They, they migrated somewhere else. Well, that's, if that's the case, where did they go? There's no evidence on where these Holocom people went. Uh, they were they were masters uh, of the land here for a thousand years, and then all of a sudden they simply vanished. And uh, you know, so I, I got all this story coming from the the Phoenix Library, you know, from Charles Holberg, you know. And uh, I'm talking, and he's talking about the spirits, dude. He's talking about spirits of the earth and sky, you know. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, these things. They're you know, Holberg knew about these lights. Holberg knew about the sky spirits, you know. And uh, all these other crazy things, you know, and so I'm trying to, you know, include this in with the, you know, with the TV show. You know, I'm like, look, this is all verified. This is not hearsay. This is not just my opinion. You know, I'm not just making this up, man. I, I, I took this out of the library. You know, this is coming from, you know, the horse's mouth. This is what the first park ranger is saying about these petroglyphs. You know, and it's, it's saying, are they talking about spaceships, crafts? No, they're not talking about that at all. They're talking about light beings. They're talking about entities. You know, some people would call them angels. Some people would call them fallen angels. Some people would call them the Nephilim. I mean, there's a lot of other names for what we're seeing in the skies today. You know, and, I, and I'm like, look, we got we to gotta do something here. This is what's going on in the valley. And because it was all a new theory, because it was all rel relatively new, and, you know, and, and it was just my opinion at that time, you know, they're like, dude, you can't go saying that. You can't say light beam. You know, you're going to refer to these things. You've got to say spaceships. You've got to say crafts because that's what the people can, you know, relate to. He goes, you're filming some bizarre stuff, and the public is not ready for this yet. You know, it really upset me, you know, because, like, uh, this was in 2007. And, you know, from 2005 to 2007, I've gathered more proof, more evidence on, on my claims here. You know, so it really struck a nerve with me, you know. And even even on the show, 
they say, well, at this time, it's just uh, Jeff's uh, personal theory, you know, but oh my God, over the years, look, since 2007, you know, people are contacting me. Look, I filmed the flying serpent here in, in, in New York, or I filmed, I filmed the, the exact same, you know, looking thing that you filmed uh, over here in, in Wisconsin. You know, I'm, I'm getting emails, you know, to this day, you know, oh my God, you know, I saw your show and now I'm seeing the exact same thing, you know, on the skies here, you know, so, and, and now these sky watchers, back then they were, they were making fun of me, you know, they're saying, oh, he's filming balloons, he's filming flares. I stuck to my guns, you know, because I knew I was right. I, I crossed my T's, I dotted my I, uh, you know, I, I went, I, I went up on South Mountain for many, many years. You know, I studied the petroglyphs. I, I even called a Native American who works at, at the Pueblo Indian Art Museum, an Indian museum in Phoenix. I got him, you know, to come teach me the petroglyphs. I sat next to that South Mountain for many, many years, you know, and some of these things. I matched these things to the petroglyphs out there. You know, I, I actually followed these lights all over the place, you know, from places where I was living at. You know, I found the hot spots. Oh, my God, so my information is just so credible. You know, I was just like, dude, I was just so disappointed when they're saying, well, you just got to, you know, the people aren't ready for this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the people better get ready for it because it's here. You know, and now many, many, many years later, you know, now people are starting to realize, you know, wait a minute, what if these things aren't spaceships? What if they're, you know, light beings, you know? And, oh, my God, you know, that, that worm in the sky I just saw, that wasn't a spaceship at all. You know, that, it looked like this thing was alive. You know, so, yeah, you know, going, going back to this information on South Mountain, on the true history of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, you know, like I said before, the Holocons is, is a name for the people who are missing, the people who are gone. And according to Holbert's writings, you can find all his information on my website there. That's pulled right out of the library. I, I photocopied all this information and and not only is it on my website, but you can read more about understanding the petroglyphs and, and understanding what's here and the true history of Phoenix, Arizona, in my book, uh, The Phoenix Lights, Petroglyphs in the Sky, True Stories, Myths, Legends, and UFOs over Phoenix. Uh, you can find that on eBay right now. And also uh, e-books also, too. And, oh, by the mm -hmm. way, I don't make any money from this. I never have. Uh, I told the... Uh, I told the uh, the publishers to give my money to the foster kids in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's about getting this information to the public. I have discovered something major here, okay? And and it, it's not just hearsay. It's not just you know, oh, it's just some guys saying this. No, dude, I, I've done I've done so many years of research, twenty years, you know, of research into this, and uh, you know, it's talking about the history of Phoenix, Arizona. It talks about the, the, the history of the Phoenix life. And it goes all the way back to the Holocom Indians. And uh, they lived here for a thousand years. The Mayans were here. And uh, all of a sudden, for reasons unknown, the sacrificing had stopped. And Charles Holbert, you know, talks about the altars. He talks about how the sacrifice uh, on this holy mountain, South Mountain, formerly known as Mount Sepoa, Mountain of Mercy, and there's some people out there that even think that Phoenix, Arizona was one of the lost cities of gold, uh, the lost city of Cibola. And a lot of people would say that, you know, Phoenix, Arizona could have been one of them gold cities uh, because of the Holcom. So for reasons unknown, the sacrificing had stopped, and this upset the spirits in the sky, a.k.a. the Phoenix Lights, a.k.a. the Flying Serpents, the Orgs, all these things that we see today. And the, the story goes 
the oral story says that the devil came from the east and took these people away. The phoenix lights, these flying serpents, all the stuff that we see came down and took these people away. Now, this, is, this coincides with all the other tribes that were around the earth uh, at the same time in history that was there one, one day and then gone on the next. All right, the whole comes disappear without a trace, and then uh, the other uh, Native Americans on the other side of the world, they disappear without a trace. I mean, so this story, I mean, is, is uh, continuous. This, uh, it's not just the whole comes that disappeared. There's many other tribes around the world that disappeared at the same time. Now, the Indians here say uh, in Phoenix that the devil came from the east, that these things came, by, came down and took these people away up into the sky. Now, this coincides with the petroglyphs carved on the mountains. You can see that on the front page of my website. There's a, uh, an orb uh, that's picking a guy up uh, and taking him up into the sky. And so wow. there were survivors. The story mm-hmm. goes on to say that there were survivors, and they were witnessing what was going on, and they were afraid, and they hid in the caves. And after it was all over with, they knew that they were, if they were going to continue to live in the Valley of the Sun, if they are going to continue to live on this land, that eventually they would have to go back to war with these spirits of the earth and sky, a.k.a. phoenix lights, a.k.a. orbs, all these things that we see in the skies today. The Holocons, they knew, dude. They, so they cursed this land and vowed never to, never to come back to this land again. So the story goes on to say that they buried their gold. And Holberg writes, Holberg, the first park ranger, writes that he says that the gold buried on South Mountain is as high as the tallest saguaro cactus and as round as the sun. And they buried the gold here in tombs on South Mountain, and they vowed never to return to this valley because this valley was cursed. Oh, my this gosh. This is a cursed land. Is it cursed because um, the... You know, they wanted people to stay away, or is there actually a real curse there? You know, I, I think is you know, when we read in some of these biblical texts, it says that, you know, some of these, uh, you know, like the Nephilim, that they were cast down on the Mount Hermon. Well, Mount right. Hermon isn't the only mountain that they were cast down on. Uh, you know, in my studies and in my beliefs, I think South Mountain, this valley here, was one of the mountains where these things ascended upon. Uh, and also many other mountains uh, around the globe. Um, so this was a hot spot um, in Holbrook's writing and the stories. I mean, th- this mountain, this valley here, Mount Sapoa, uh, is a holy mountain. It still is. And, and it attracted tribes from all over the nations. Uh, tribes from all over the nations used to gather here at this mountain and, and watch these beings in the sky, watch you know these crazy uh, things that was going on. And uh, um, so I lost, I lost my concentration. I lost your question. So my bad. <laughs> no, no. I was just, I was just asking if these, if the. Um, oh yeah, the curse. The curses so, were real. Uh, yeah, you know, they knew because they they knew like because everything was fine for a thousand years. You know, the man's blood poured down the rock. Uh, you know, the sacrificing was going on. The sun was changing. You know. There's evidence. Phoenix, Arizona wasn't a desert. I mean, when the Holocons were here, it was a tropical-like landscape. All right, there's evidence of waterfalls on the mountains. I mean, there's evidence of dried-up water, water streams and things like that. So it wasn't always a desert the way it is now. 
and when the Holocaust were there. And for some reason, for reasons unknown, when the sacrificing stopped, that's when things started to dry up. That's when everything went dead. And, and the Native Americans were like, dude, why did you stop the sacrifice? You know, the, the gods are angry with us. You know, look, we have no water now. Things are drying up. You know, and then one day the, the, uh, the gods came down from the skies and they took uh, many of the tribes away up into the sky. And then the people who survived, they, they cursed the land. They're like, oh, my God. You know, Unreal. we were wrong. You know, the, we need to be afraid yeah. of these Phoenix Lights. We need to be afraid of these things. And this is the reason why the government is not talking about what's here. Because if these things were really here to help us, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you would think, dude, you know, hey, they're here, they're here to help us. That's right. You know, but no, it's because of their history. When you look at the history here and look at the past, mm-hmm. the past is not a very good thing. All right, stand Every by. Uh, wait, wait, Jeff, we've got to, things, Jeff, we've got to take our wrong. final break here, so please stand by. ExoNation, Jeff Wilwine is our guest, and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in uh, Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to find out more about uh, Jeff, visit his Facebook page, Jeff Wilwine. Petroglyphs in the Sky. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll both be back on the other side of this short break. Don't go away. Exonation, uh, Jeff Woolwine is our special guest this hour. Check him out on Facebook at uh, Jeff Woolwine at Petroglyphs in the Sky. Jeff, in your opinion, is there any connection between the the um, the the Ros, the, not the Roswell, but the uh, Phoenix lights that you see and that that are depicted in the petroglyphs and the the events that are going on at Skinwalker Ranch? Absolutely. It's the same stuff, you know, all over the world. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, with the petroglyphs and, and the Native Americans and, and you know, the, the Indians, you know, uh, and the tribes. Uh, in, in my studies, I found that it seems like it's the same story. It's just told a little different, a little different. Um, as far as Skinwalker Ranch is concerned, um, you know, there are mountains around that ranch, and there are petroglyphs. Um, depicting the same thing. And uh, there is an energy source. There is a fault line there. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch, uh, the episode, uh, it was season one, episode four, I believe, 
you know, I've always said, look, they're in, they're here for the energy. You know, I, I, I discovered this in 2005. You know, I've been saying this ever since 2005. Look, these things are here for the energy. And um, uh, Skinwalker Ranch did a, uh, a little test. They, they, they put a sensor in this rocket, this bottle rocket, and they shot it up in the sky to see if there was any energy in the sky. Well, at that time, there was a, a light orb in the sky. And, uh, uh, and the rocket registered that, yes, there was energy there. Um, unfortunately, you know, they still didn't get it. They, they were calling this thing a craft, and they're saying, well, maybe the craft was given off energy. <laughs> no, that is not what's going on here. That thing is there for the energy. It's not giving off energy. It's there to absorb the energy, and it's not a spaceship. It's not a craft. It's a light beam, um, and it's there to absorb the energy. Now, you know, when, when we see these things going across the sky, you know, they're on a mission. You know, they're, they're coming out of one energy source, one mountain, and they're going into another mountain. And they're going to another energy spot, you know. And, and so when they're sitting up there in the sky like that, you know, they're, they're sucking up the energy. They're absorbing the energy. So, yeah, you know, Skinwalker Ranch just proved one of my theories that I discovered back in 2005, you know, and they just now you decided to test it. And lo and behold, you know, thank God that there was a, a UFO up there, but... You know, like I said, they, they didn't get it. They thought that this craft yeah. was eliminating the energy, and that just wasn't it. That's not the case at all. You know, Jeff, I remember in the early days of ufology, UFOs, or what people believed were UFOs, were all were most frequently seen around power grids. Mm-hmm. Would, this, would this tie into what we're talking about this hour? Absolutely. They have everything to do with the energy. Uh, they have everything to do with the sun. It has everything to do with the sun. Uh, this is the reason why these Native Americans and these these natives uh, or these uh, Indians all over the world uh, is following the sun as sky watchers. Um, you know, it's interesting too because you know we have these boulders stacked up here oriented oriented towards the east, and we have these petroglyph spirals. And uh, during the equinox and the solstice, it casts these shadows through these spirals. And, uh, you know, the archaeologist just wants us to believe, well, it's, it's the changing of the seasons, it's time to plant corn. That has nothing to do with planting corn. You know, the, the sun going up between uh, Stonehenge there, that's not planting corn, okay? It, it's, it has everything to do with when these sky beans will be here and when they're going to be gone. Um, so when the sun uh, gets, in, in, gets in the right position uh, of these fault lines, of these energy sources, it attracts these uh, light beams that attracts these creatures uh, to this energy source. And uh, so after the equinox, uh, they, they're gone. Where did they go? Uh, they're, they're following the sun. So the sun, the sun is like uh, positioned, let's say, over there in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in Florida, let's say. You know? So the equinox in Florida, they're starting to see a lot of UFOs. And after the equinox, they're gone, right? And now they're over here in Arizona, or they're over here, you know, in Paris. They're on the other side of the world, right? You know, because they're following the sun. They're following the seasons. They're following that energy pattern. And this is the reason why, you know, we see lots of UFOs in some months, and then other months we don't. is because it's the changing of the seasons. It's the changing of the sun and mm-hmm. uh, formation in the sky. And uh, it's all about the energy. It has everything to do with the energy uh, that these fault lines um, uh, generate. It's almost as if these, these lights are, are migrating like the birds do. Right, absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. 
Mm-hmm. They're, cha- they're following the seasons. They're following the sun. They're following the energy pattern. So what's next for you, Jeff? What are you up to uh, now? And how are you going to further your research into the petroglyphs, the lights, and into dispelling and letting the world know what the, what the Phoenix lights really are? You know, doing great shows like yours and, and doing other TV appearances and things like that and, and just really trying to get the information out there. Uh, you know, I, I have the book. I have the book out right now, um, and it's it's not really a UFO book. It talks about the lost history of Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, some people will get it, some people won't until like many years later. Uh, and it talks about the Phoenix Lights and and these these sky beams and and the rock art and things like that. So yeah, it's just about getting the information out. It's not about you know getting on TV or being famous or or getting, making money. That's not what my research is about. It's about getting this information to the public. You know, look, this is what I discovered. This is this is this is credible evidence here. You know, it's 20 years in the making on on what's going on here in Phoenix, Arizona, as far as the Phoenix Lights. You know, I've been out on the field. I hiked the mountains for many years. I understood the petroglyphs. I brought down a Native American to teach me the petroglyphs. I went to the Phoenix Library, and I dug up the history of Phoenix, Arizona, and they talk about the Phoenix Lights. You know, so this is all credible evidence. It's not hearsay. It's not, you know, oh, I want you to believe this, buy my book and and buy my movie tickets. No, man, it has nothing to do with that. It's about bringing this information to the public and taking a look at what's going on here in Phoenix, Arizona. And if you can't get to the mountain on your own, then I bring the mountain to you through my book. How do you deal with skepticism? Like, you know, I'm sure you come (laughs) across people who are very skeptical of, of your of your research and and you know the very the very methodical way that that you have presented your case over the years how do you deal with these people who would rather believe in little green men from the pleiades instead of another life being or another life that we are coexisting with and who have been here long before us you know, it used to bother me. It, it, it used to bother me, uh, but now I, I understand because of, because of my research, I have so much evidence backing me up. You know, I, I have so much. I've gone. I've done so much homework on this. You know, um, like I said, I, I spent many many years hiking South Mountain, understanding the petroglyphs, and and uh, you know, so I. <laughs> You know, I mean, go look at the look at the evidence here. Look at the facts. You know, I have Charles Holbrook, the first park ranger, okay, 1930s. Uh, he's talking about the whole cons. He's talking about the gold on the on the mountains there. And he's talking about the spirits of the earth and sky. You know, and he's talking about how these people were taken away by the spirits of the earth and the sky. You know, and then we have you know the sightings in the sky. We have the the UFOs that we see today, and then the rock carvings out there. So I have Charles Holbrook backing me up. I have the 1,000 year old rock drawings. You know that are back in my UFO sightings up, you know, and and now you know we have some of these scrolls out there that are talking about exactly what we're seeing in the skies today. So there's just so much evidence um, that I've done, you know, to back up what I say because I'm not going to come out here and say, oh yeah, a craft landed out there, little green guys came out, you know, and they gave me some gold tablets. And, uh, you know, now, look, I, I, I'm a prophet now. Yeah, I'm not going to go, because you have no proof here. Well, you know, just like, just like, oh, my God, with the mm-hmm. point 
of the March 13, 1997, you know, there's so much hearsay of this spaceship going over the city of Phoenix, going eight miles an hour, but yet nobody can pick up a photograph. No one can get a, a camera and film this thing, right? You know, and, and only a handful of people filmed these lights on the west side of Phoenix, Arizona. And one of them, which one of them, it was Tom King. And why? Because he was out there, you know, videotaping these lights nights before. So he was ready. He was ready for something to happen. So if anything was going to fly over the city of Phoenix, then Tom King would have surely filmed it, don't you think? <laughs> you know, Definitely. So, you know, when it comes to this hearsay craft going over the city of Phoenix, I, I, I've been searching for evidence on this. And I don't find any evidence. I, I found hearsay. I found people exploiting the lights, trying to get famous, trying to sell movie tickets, you know, trying to get on television, you know, saying they saw a craft, you know, but there's no evidence of this. You know, the evidence lies on the petroglyphs carved around Phoenix, Arizona that explain what these Phoenix lights really are. And do they describe crafts? Do they describe little green men walking around? Absolutely not. It talks about a whole different story here. All right, and this is our history, not only uh, the Valley of the Sun's history, but our own history as well. So what are you going to be doing next? Uh, what is your next project? Um, well, you know, I, I do my own live TV shows uh, on, on Facebook. Uh, so I do Facebook uh, Live. Uh, I have my own shows, and I, and I talk about all the people's UFO sightings. I talk about petroglyphs. Um, I'm still sky-watching to this day. So I moved out of a hotspot area. I live next to an Air Force base now, so the UFOs kind of stay away from that. But every once in a while, one does come my way, and I do get a, get a chance to, to film it. So I'm always sky watching. I, I take a video camera with me everywhere I go, and you know I always tell you know people you're gonna, if you're going to sky watch, you know make sure you get a video camera. Don't use your cell phone, you know, because just cell phones you just can't get. You know, the zoom-in rate, always use a video camera when you go hunting for these things. And, uh, you know, yeah, so it's just getting the word out, uh, uploading my – I got tons of UFO videos uh, that haven't even been seen yet. So make sure that you get a hold of me on Facebook. Uh, tell me your sightings. Uh, send me your videos, and I'd love to show them on my show. Uh, if you have any petroglyphs you need to be looked at, send them my way. I talk about petroglyphs and, and the true interpretations on them. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's just great, and, and it's history. It's our history, and, let, I, and I love it. Let me ask you, what is, your, uh, what is your opinion of the Roswell crash of 1947? Honestly? Oh, of course. I, yeah, I, I, I only I, expect I the honesty really, from you. <laughs> I can't really find, you know, I, I, go on, I don't go on here to say I go on what I can prove. And I'm sorry, I just can't see any evidence of, of Roswell. I see a lot of, you know, hearsay, you know, sure, something crashed yeah, down exactly. there. Uh, but, you know, of course, the government says that it was a Russian satellite, that, you know, that it, was a, it was a United States satellite in order to spy on the Russians. Okay. And uh, that's what they say crashed there. When you really dig into Roswell, uh, they say it's a satellite and it was meant to spy on the Russians. And then all of a sudden, uh oh you know, to cover that up, let everybody think that it was a UFO that crashed there. To cover up it, what really happened, it was a satellite crash, you know, and it was meant to spy on the Russians. That's why, you know, when I think when all these people, all the, the government agencies are supposed to come out now and, and say that, you know, UFOs are real and, and spaceships are real, I, I think that's a, that's a cover-up. Uh, I think, yeah, they're going to say crafts are real, but I think it's a cover-up 
to what's really here. You know, exactly. Because everybody sees them, even these military jets are filming these these uh, entities in the sky, mm-hmm. you know, and they're still calling them spaceships, you know, but we don't have any evidence of the spaceships. You know, the evidence is pointing in another direction. And I think to get people off of what's really here, um, to keep people in check, uh, they say, okay, we're going to say that there's something here, hey, but Jeff. we're going to mislead you and, and say spaceships are here. When in, fact, when in fact, it's actually another living being uh, that has always been here on Earth. Hey, a Jeff. lot of people think that they come from a different planet, but actually this is, this is their home also. They live here. All right, Jeff, listen, so you and I have to, got to say so long for tonight and uh, ExoNation. If you'd like to find out more about our guest this hour, Jeff Woolwine, visit uh, him on Facebook at Jeff Woolwine. Petroglyphs in the Sky. We'll be back on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues right here from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. 